It's about a you know business, building business. It's it's not just for realtors. It's about growing and, and following the dream and yeah. people that are ready for change. Like let's yes. go do it. So we want people to move their business forward. We do it through our four pillars of <laughs> vision, structure, execution, and scalability. Dream it, build it, work it, grow it. That's what we're all about. Let's go. Welcome to Restructure the Podcast. Uh, Bart, how are you doing, man? Wonderful, Aaron. You already knew that, though. <laughs> I did. I did. That's your standard response. Well, I, uh, I'm i excited. I'm excited to have our guest today. Uh, he is uh, Chris Curran, a realtor extraordinaire out of East Texas. Uh, he's with Steve Grant's office in Athens, Texas, and a good friend of mine. Chris, how are you doing, man? Good, good. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Uh, so Chris knows a lot about a lot of things, and uh, but today we're going to be focusing on something that he is actually going to turn into a, a full-blown class with restructure, farm and ranch purchases. Uh, Chris is surrounded by it; he grew up on it, uh, fam long family history in the uh, uh, feed business in Arkansas. Chris, why don't you just give a quick intro to, to who you are and uh, your business, and we'll get into I'll start just thrilling you with questions. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, like I said, my name's Chris Kern. I'm with Steve Grant Real Estate here in Athens. Uh, and I, I started doing this almost uh, six years ago, so I'm still, still new to the game. But we don't do near as much residential here. We do a lot, but do a lot more farm and ranch, and, and it's a totally different uh, game doing the farm and ranch than it is the just the residential because there's so many different things that go into it that make it a totally different deal. So, well, that's why we've got you here today. Uh, <clears throat> so, uh, I guess you know. First off, uh, we're gonna keep this simple, right? I mean, we're talking to uh, realtors, myself included, so keep it simple. And yeah. um, so, on contracts. So it's one of the things you've harped on me before is uh, how many times you've got folks come in from out of town and they will send you a contract on a one to four for a farm and ranch and uh, so just let us have it. <laughs> uh, so there's a couple things that you know, like like Aaron said, um, we get a lot of a lot of uh, people from different metropolitan areas throughout the state of Texas that come to East Texas. And they send us a, a uh, one to four residential contract for property. And a couple things why we always try to switch it, whether we do it for the realtor because they've never filled one out or, you know, and just put all their stuff in there. Uh, a couple things you're, you know, we're obviously trying to protect our clients. Um, and, and so one of the biggest, um, uh, things on there is there's there's minerals there's um, exemptions um, and then they, you can get into the price uh, you know price adjustment due to the exact amount of acreage that's there and so uh, which one do you want to hear about first you mean you mean the one to four doesn't cover tractor equipment and uh, hay baling stuff and minerals <laughs> uh, it's it's funny on the, on the first page of the farm and ranch contract. There's one thing that, that stuck out, and I was I was thinking about it this morning, and it actually talks about uh, a, a water pump, 
well, if this acreage has a well on it and it's not included in the contract, the seller can technically take the, the well pump when he when he leaves. <laughs> and so it's 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 crazy because nobody's going to do I would hope nobody's going to do that. But it's definitely in there because you can. Negotiations can bring out the best in people. Absolutely, absolutely. Hey, Chris, we ain't got no water. Yeah, sorry. Wasn't there a pump here when we bought this? Works fine before you bought it. You should have stopped negotiating when you were ahead. Yeah. To keep it simple, um, so you're dealing with realtors, you said, from all over uh, Texas. Um, Mm -hmm. What is the top maybe couple of things you see that are common with buyers? I mean, why everybody, you know, I want land or I want a farm and ranch. Is this a second home for people? Is it a is it a recreational thing, or are you seeing people from here actually go into farm and ranch to do production? I mean, what are the top couple of people you see that buy property from you? Uh, we in our area we get a lot of uh, weekenders. Uh, you know, the second home deal, whether they're buying acreage or even a place on the lake, um, and so we get a lot of that. We get a lot at Houston, and a lot of the Metroplex uh, is primarily where our people. Eat. People that are getting close to retirement, and once they retire, they want to get out of the city, or they just come down, you know, every weekend, and it's a place that they can get away and hide, and, you know, be gone for a little while. Yeah, well, and you know what, I'm saying that only because there may be realtors listening to this that have never done farm and ranch, which is obviously why we're trying to help educate them, but which will help them feel more comfortable actually trying to take on something like this. I know a lot of realtors that would say no just on the pure, you know, just fear factor, um, and you're happy to work with them uh, in general, aren't you? If they bring yes, a buyer, yeah, absolutely, yeah, for sure. Okay, uh, just I know it's just trying to help identify you know potential clients for people where they might not have even heard or recognized that opportunity in the past. Yeah, and I actually, I, you know, I, I've got a background in education, and so even working with with other realtors that don't that don't do it on a regular basis, I have no problem helping them send me a contract. Right. You know. Right, so, go figure. <laughs> yeah, we're all going to win, right? <laughs> I wish more agents saw it that way. Yeah, I know, I know. Yeah, what's it going to take to get you in this gig today? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Aaron, so what are we going to, what, what can we cover next uh, in yeah, the effort I mean, of? Well, you, know, you already you mentioned it, but uh, something that's really important. So I'm up here and I'm helping somebody think through uh when someone's looking at moving onto property in Texas, I'm going to get the oil, right? Like, it's my oil. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Make it rain. Well, <laughs> maybe not right now. It's not yeah, price, yeah, yeah. price is not great, but whatever. I'll wait for price to be high, and then somebody's going to just, I'm going to get a letter in the mail, and someone's going to say, hey, Aaron, super excited to tell you that you've got oil, and so we're just going to start sending you money, if that's okay, and we're going to cross-drill from someone else's property so you never going to see anything. It, it, is, it is that simple. <laughs> no, it's not. No. I'm just kidding. Uh, so, and that's a, that's a big one. There's a lot of people that are, are selling um, that absolutely do not want to give up the mineral rights. And most of the time, the oil company has more money than all of us put together. And so they already know where the oil's at. And they, there's a good chance they've already leased it, whether it be natural gas, oil, lignite or coal, any of those things. 
typically, and so most of the people that say, oh, I own all the minerals, don't own all the minerals. They may own a portion. Um, very few people own 100% because somebody sold off this much, whether there's a well on it or they grilled on it or anything, they probably don't own 100% of it. So I have the only a way to find that. Go ahead. No, I mean, uh, sorry to interrupt, but um, so, you know, just like you said in that illustration, how is a buyer or an agent, um, you know, going to, and you obviously, uh, going to see those ownership rights on minerals through the transaction? Okay, so they come out, whatever's uh, deeded of record, uh, it will show on the title commitment uh, through there, I believe it's section B that talks about all the, the leases and things like that. The most accurate way is to literally have a landman or landwoman, you know, do a title search to see what is actually owned, because the title company is just going to pull up whatever you know what's found. Um, yeah. Really back to the back to the beginning of time. <laughs> you know, and it'll, if it, if it's recorded of record. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah, so that's probably a little more important than what we're used to, which is so standardized and rarely have, we're looking for liens or judgments and that kind of stuff. That's about it. Maybe a yeah. few uh, utility easements and that kind of thing, but yeah, probably a little more important on land for mineral rights. It, it is, and, and, and that's one of the things. There's a if if the uh, if the seller does not reserve the mineral rights by doing a uh, you know oil reservation addendum, those whatever he owned literally will be transferred at uh, at closing. Aaron, have you ever filled out one of those addendums? <laughs> I've never even heard of that addendum. There you go. <laughs> I learned something today. Yeah. Woo-hoo. Man. So, yeah. yeah, there's, you know, all different types of, you know, you, there's your surface minerals. Uh, you know, actually in West Texas, they're actually reserving like air minerals because they're putting all the wind farms and things like that, which is that blows my mind because we don't do that here. There's too many trees here. Air minerals. Yeah, I know it's 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 insane. With the minerals, you also can have the right to egress and ingress on onto and off of your property. Which most people, if they're going to reserve the rights, they're going to give up the um, they're going to give up the right to just let anybody. Go on and off, off of the, you know, the property without the owner's permission. Gotcha. Yeah. It's tough. I mean, those, those contracts that are, you know, I mean, there's some big companies, Chesapeake Oil. Um, they got more money than uh, they got money. And, so, <laughs> and, and it's just in, in property, they're coming on. I mean, if, if they've got the rights, they're going to be there. But it just in all honesty, there's. You know, even though if you have the right to ingress and egress, there's probably not much you can do to stop them one way or another just being completely truthful. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, that's the point. And so you just need to make sure you understand. It's not necessarily something to be afraid of. Uh, these oil companies, they, they don't want to destroy property. They don't want to, uh, but at the same time, they've got to take care of their, of their business. And so they'll... Absolutely. And sometimes they can put in a pretty nice road. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and and they, uh, you know, they'll pay you to come onto their property. How about, um, Aaron, how about uh, asking about maybe some rights away or easements? Um, yeah. Maybe a little different so, than what people are used to? 
Well, yeah, so Chris, I mean, the point there is that you find a really pretty piece of property, especially for a weekender who doesn't care how far off the beaten path it is, uh, but just because you went through a gate to see the property doesn't necessarily guarantee that that's the way you're going to be always able to get on the property. You've got to take care to uh, secure uh, the right of way that you want. Yes, and so uh, with that down down here, there's a lot of uh, property that is is landlocked, where like you said, it's off the beaten path, but you've got to go across this person's property and then this person's property just to get to your property. And again, in the in the title commitment, it should have any easements of record, whether it be a water easement, an electrical easement, a, a driveway easement. Uh, anything of that sort, because they can. Li if you don't have that, you may have the land, but you have no actual access to get to it other than with like a helicopter. <laughs> and just being completely honest, um, and and especially with water, and and I, I dealt with that on a piece of property here recently where a guy had he owned the driveway, and the neighbor to the north. Uh, had a deeded easement to use the use the road. The neighbor to the south did not. And the highway department, because from this driveway to the next driveway, there wasn't enough space, so the highway department would not put in another another entryway off the highway. Mm -hmm. Well, the the owner of the property that I sold uh, was putting in a water well or a water line going from the highway all the way back to his property, because it was probably a quarter mile off the highway. And the owner of the property to the south came over to him as being a real turd, just say, you know, and uh, was like, you're going to have to move that water line to the other side of the, to the road. I own half this road. No, you don't. And so the guy, actually, he just, he was nice to him and, and moved the water on the other side, and then we started doing some research, and I got surveyors involved to make sure and pinpoint everything. Turns out the guy to the south literally had no access to his property other than park on the side of the highway and jump the fence. And so my guy, because the other guy was being mean, put a gate up. <laughs> and just, it's, you know, hey, we can all work together or you can be all on your own. Yeah. So it, that, the, the needed easements are, are incredibly important because, uh, you know, you definitely don't want to buy a piece of property and not be able to get to it. Yeah. Without trespassing. Yeah. <laughs> well, Always bring some chain cutters. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just cut the fence. Nobody cares. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's actually the Texas Constitution that you're not allowed to carry any wire snips or something in your pocket. Is that right? <laughs> yeah, and, and if you steal somebody's couch, you can, according to the law books, you can be hung on the town square. Well, let's well, avoid that. That's uh, just in the state of Texas, though. Not everywhere else. Glad so that is still on the books. So let's wrap it up on on taxes. Uh, so we don't get we don't need to get too much into the weeds here. But one of the things that I know clients get excited about is like, oh, I'm just going to go get some property. It's going to be ag. It's going to be ag exempt. Now up here, the folks at the county uh, ag extension are quick to say it's not an exemption. It's an ag value, and uh, it feels like an exemption. Taxes are so much lower. But uh, give us a just. One or two pitfalls to avoid, and uh, maybe some, you know, let's, let's end on a positive note and talk about some of the uh, great things that can happen with the property. Okay, uh, so with with the uh, the taxes, every each each county has its own assessed value for land. Uh, 
Um, you can't just go buy some cattle and go, all right, cool, I got ag exemption now. It's You've got to get it approved. Uh, there's, there's a bunch of different types you can do. Uh, just a straight agriculture, which could be hay, cattle, um, those kind of things. Uh, horses are really hard to get an ag exemption on. You have to, especially in the area we're at, you have to show proof of a breeding program for horses. Um, the the county here in Henderson County um, had a neighbor down the street from where I grew up that he moved to town from California, went and bought two cows, and then said, all right, I need my ag ex exemption. And they said, how many cows you got? And he goes, two. He goes, well, you're going to need about seven more <laughs> for the amount of acres you've got. And then, I'm, and then the guy said he's going to come out and check to make sure you've got them. Um, but so it, it is uh, not necessarily a moneymaker to get the ag exemption, but it definitely lowers the value of the property. Um, and you may have a piece of property that's actually valued at, we'll just say $50,000. I'm recording a class, Becky. And uh, your tax value, you know, you're paying, your tax value is about $5,000. And so you're paying like $50 a year. For those for those taxes, um, the 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 uh, improvements is what really bump up the the cost of the property or the price value of the property. But there's a bunch of different ways um, it, to making it lucrative. If you just want a place for the weekend, uh, you know you can lease it for hay production. You can lease it for cattle. Um, if if it's in certain parts of the state, you can get a good uh, timber. Exemption, which then the you know the forestry service comes in and, and manages it, but you definitely in another one is a, a wildlife exemption. Um, the state's going to work with you on that to set up, you know, your duck blinds and your deer feeders and and uh, putting all those things in place to make it a wildlife management type type place. Does that make sense? Yeah, that does. I mean, so we, we've actually been through the wildlife exemption on our place down in Leon County, and the challenge there is that um, the it's so particular on receipts for fertilizer, seed planted, um, proof that you're really running it as a wildlife preserve, that ultimately for us it was more expensive uh, than the savings to yeah. do that. And uh, so we switched back to ag value and uh, now to do cows. Yeah. And one of the things with, uh, if you buy a piece of property that's not currently valued under agriculture of any kind, um, they, the Texas legislature switched the law from five years of, of receipts worth of production to get it down to three to make it easier, uh, you know, for people that are just doing the weekend thing. You know, you save all your receipts and all that kind of stuff, and then you can put it, you know, you've got more of a, a better case going to the, the appraisal district and saying, hey, this is how much money I put in it. I need, to, I need some savings. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. I mean, Chris, I, I know, I, I mean, I appreciate everything you've done on this show. Bart, I don't, I don't really have anything else I feel like we have to cover right now. I want to do another show at some point and uh, look forward to having Chris teach some restructure classes. Absolutely. Is there a uh, email or a website or anything you want to direct people to for Chris? Yes, they uh, wanna... Yeah, I just give my email. It's just Chris, C-H-R-I-S, at stevegrant.com. Wonderful. So, well, thank you so much for your time and knowledge. That's uh, 
I'd like to say, I think everybody could have learned something on this one today. You're yeah. welcome. I appreciate you guys. Uh, Chris, we'll talk to you soon, man. We're out. All right. Y'all have a good one. See ya.